0: Um, Yesterday, yet again, was another humbling day just to see the amount of people come out to Jennings, Louisiana to run for three miles. There's no Cajun that runs three miles. Like nobody, unless you're getting chased by a dog (laughs) or you were going to an LSU game. You'll be walking three miles. Aside from that, uh, nobody goes three miles. and, And to see people walking, and supporting, and on crutches, and on wheelchairs, and children. We had over 500 children um, that participated yesterday. It's just, um, it's just amazing. So why don't you, first off, give yourselves a hands for all that you did and, and things that was able to happen through us. And we all know more than anything, it's, um, it's more than just an event. It's an opportunity to share hope that we have in Christ. And, and uh, I hope people left yesterday hopeful and full of joy and life and maybe some bodies hurting, but their insides were full of hope. And today, I, uh, I want to share with you something that is just really impactful, that's been really on my heart for a while. But before I do that, I, I want to just say, behind, we, we all know this as husbands, behind every great husband is an even greater woman. And if every husband in here didn't say amen to that, you just got yourself in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And so I'll I'll give you redemption right here. Behind every great man is even a greater woman. Good job. Good job. I don't know if that cut you out of the doghouse, though. Maybe so. We'll see. But um, my wife is such a joy, and uh, I love her so much. And uh, God knew the, the exact type of woman that I would need to do the things that God's called me to do, but um, I just see the hand of God on her, and um, to, to, to be Joel's nurse and provider 24-7 and to carry that weight, and then, but also to now homeschool all our boys, and then to do what she does at home, and, uh, and then minister to people. Um, I love you, babe. You're such a, such a joy. Such a joy. I get to get out of the. I get to get out of the house and go to the office, and go have lunch with guys and stuff. My wife a lot of times has to stay home, and any stay-at-home moms know in here when daddy gets home, you're like I'm running somewhere. So my wife has taken up the art of running. I don't know if it's running away. She hasn't ran away yet. She keeps coming back. Uh, I'm so glad because we'd be going over to Pastor Bubba's house if she left. So it'd be Miss Tracy's problem. But she's stuck with me through, through my, my own sin and stuff. She's just loved me well, and uh, I love her. But today, I, I want to share a message just called Anchored in Hope. We've been kind of kind of hashtagging that with a lot of our posts, and a lot of people know that we're very hopeful people. But I want kind of want to back up today and, and share really where that's come from for us. And um, back in... January or December of 2012, our family got together and, and, and went to my brother's house, who's here, and so glad that they're here to be with us, and Tina, my sister-in-law, and a lot of our other family, but we were there for Christmas and just having a time of worship and prayer, and the Lord gave us Psalm 62, which I'll actually read in just a minute, which talks about how we can trust in the Lord at all times, and that, that if we put our hope in our, and, and that He is our refuge, that that we will not be shaken, and that was in December of 2012, and who knew that almost seven days later, we would get the diagnosis that our son was in congestive heart failure. And, um, and then for the next 42 days, be in hospitals all over the, man, just all over. And now being in four or five hospitals over the course of the year. That, that, that portion of verses has just been really an anchor for us to understand that, that we are unshaken when we're in Jesus. No matter what comes our way. That Jesus is really, he's really the one that's unshaken. We get shaken. Can we be honest? We get shaken. He's unshaken. But if we rest ourselves in him, we can be unshaken too. And so that was a a huge thing for us. And then when this past January, Joel had a a procedure done where they put a stent into his heart to help with some of the pressures that were going on. And I was in Colorado. Actually, Pastor Bubba flew up there to be with us. And we were in Colorado just spending time with the Lord. And God gave me Hebrews 6, which talks about that our hope in Christ is an anchor for our souls. And, um, and so I just kind of sent that out to people just saying this is our trust. And we, we believe that our hope is in Jesus and that he's the anchor of our souls. And so over the course of the, really the last year since January, God's just been doing a lot in us. And as you know, um, you know our son has, has progressively done okay, but he's not getting better. And uh, if anything, he's getting a little worse. And so it's been, it's been trying at times. And, and anytime you're in a short season of, of storms, you can usually muster through that with your own strength. But when you're a year and a half into it, your strength gets zapped pretty quickly and then you have to find a way to tap into another strength that's not your own, which you really should be tapping into from the beginning. And so this has been a season for me of just really going to the, to the word and trying to find encouragement from the word. And the life of David has been one of the most encouraging things for me over the past probably two months. I've, read, uh, I've been reading the entire book of Psalms with a group of guys. Um, that I meet with. And just the Psalms have come alive to me because of what David has walked through. And I want to go with you, you can come with me, to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. If you don't have your Bibles, don't, don't fret. We'll, we'll have the electronic Bible on the screen. Um, and so you can follow along and then you should have notes in your hands. But 1 Samuel 30 verse 1 and 6 is, is what I want to read. I'm, I'm probably going to actually just read verse 6. Um, I'll just give you the real quick update of what happened. Chapter, I mean, verses 1 through 5, David and his men are out at battle. And while they're out out at battle, if you need notes, you can just raise your hand. We've got ushers coming around if you didn't have any. But they're at battle. And as they're out at battle, um, the, the enemy comes into their city, into their area, and, and takes just rampages the area and actually takes all of the children and all of the wives. And so they come back from war and they come into their own city and it's just desolate. And, 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 and verse six um, tells us, actually let's look in verse um, three. And when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, this is David and all of his, all of his men that are with them, they wept until they could weep no more. And David's two wives uh, I'm not even going to say that one. Noam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow in the ball from Carmel, were among those captured. So even David's two wives, which we won't go there. That's for another message. Um, we, don't, we don't do the two wives thing. I have enough with one. <clears throat> but David's two wives were taken. They were captured. And look at verse 6. It says, Now David was in great danger because all his men were very bitter." About losing their sons and daughters, and watch what happens. And they begin talking about stoning him. And, and this is the part that I want us to see. But David found what? Strength, strength where? In the, in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. I, I love the Psalms. We're about to go into the Psalms. Uh, the Greek word for Psalms is actually songs, it's songs. A lot of the Psalms were written around songs that were, that were expressed. And I love the Psalms for a couple of reasons because they're encouraging to me because the Bible says that David was a man after his own heart, and yet David went through some of the hardest trials any man's ever gone through. People wanted to kill him. He, he's, ha- he's, got a, he's got a past that he's not really proud of. And yet, the Bible says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. And we know that in the end, David fulfilled the call of God that was on his life. And I love reading the Psalms because it's about real people that really go through real stuff. And anybody that tells you that following Jesus, that you're going to have a sweet life and nothing's going to, it's all just going to be good, has not served the Lord for any duration of time. Come on, can I get an amen on that one? Life's hard. And our world is broken, and and sin's in the world, and so there's just brokenness all around us. And so being a Christian doesn't mean that we don't have storms. It just means that God is going to give us a storm-proof life, meaning he will be with us in the storm. And so uh, David uh, is going through hard times. The other reason I love the Psalms is because as you read through the Psalms, I don't know if you've ever read through the Psalms before, but David is pouring out his heart before the Lord. And it seems like he's on this crazy roller coaster. Because in one chapter, he is celebrating the faithfulness and goodness of God. And the next chapter, he's like, Where are you? Any of y'all ever feel like that? God is so good. You walked out of here on Sunday, and then Monday, you're like, I hate you that 's David, so I, I you know i I understand a little bit i I, I sympathize with his pain because he 's He's a man who who shares his distress to the Lord, but then he's a man who shares his joy with the Lord. He's a man who shares his confusions with the Lord, but then he comes right back and he shares his confidence in the Lord. And David is such a a great example of of what it is for us to be able to pour out our our souls before the Lord. And I love because when you go into the Gospels, when Jesus is explaining who he is to his his disciples and to people, the Bible says that he begins to tell them and walk with them through. through how he was in the Proverbs and in the Psalms. And so one of the things that's been most enlightening for me is realizing that Jesus is in the Psalms. It's not about David, it's about Jesus. And Jesus is in the Psalms. And so today I want you to realize that Jesus is going to speak to us uh, through the Psalms and through through David and some of the expressions of his heart. And so I wanna talk today about how can we have, uh, how can we be anchored in hope? How can we be anchored in hope? If you're taking notes with us, I want you to write this first one down. And you have to get this one first. If you don't get this first one, you don't get any of them. And the first thing is this. We don't hope in something. We hope in someone. We don't hope in something. We hope in someone Hope is not something that we try to motivate ourselves and muster up some good thoughts. And man, I just hope that this works out. And I hope it doesn't rain. And I hope there's a lot of contingencies that go into that type of hoping. I just hope it goes good. And I hope this medicine works. And I hope this, this. And, I, and we say that kind of flippantly a lot of times. But true biblical hope is not hoping in something. It's hoping in someone. And one of the greatest ways that God exposes where we put our hope, let me just tell you right now, the greatest way God exposes where you put your hope is through suffering. Because it's quickly revealed where you put your hope when all things go bad. See, it's easy to say, I have great hope when your bank account is full, It's easy to say I have hope when you have a job. It's easy to say hope when all your children are healthy. It's easy to say I have hope when you haven't gotten a diagnosis. But let a diagnosis come and let you lose your job and let your wife not like you anymore and let all that go on and you find out real quickly where you've put your hope. You find out real quickly where you put your hope. It's easy to have hope when all is good. But when you feel overwhelmed, you're tempted to to lose hope. And we all know that suffering is inevitable. This I do know. Everybody in here has probably walked through some type of suffering. You're either in three stages. You either have walked, just walked through suffering, you're in the middle of something that you're suffering through right now, or it's coming around the corner. Right. I don't know what season you're in, but you're, gonna get, you're in one of those three. You just came out of a rough one, you're in a rough one, or guess what, a rough one's coming. And so here's the deal that I want to do. I want you to have anchored hope for when it comes or if you're in it. I want you. I want that. Because when it's good, you don't think you really need it. But it's just like AC. You don't appreciate it until you don't have it. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one in South Louisiana? And all those that came from other states that were cool, you realized how hot it was yesterday. And we're in October. <laughs> Psalms 42, let's go there. We're going we're to stick in, in pretty much different Psalms today. But Psalms chapter 42, verse 5 and 6, is we jump right into... David's life he's going through something not exactly sure exactly what all he's going through That's what I love about Psalms you can actually go dive into the Psalms and go back into 1st Samuel and 2nd Samuel and see a lot of what was going on in David's life when he was writing these songs but Psalms 42 verse 5 and 6 I want us to read this together it says this it says why are you cast down O my soul and why are you in turmoil within me David's having a little talking session with himself And this is what he says, hope in God. Underline those three words, hope in God. For I shall say again, praise him, my salvation and my God. I love it because he's talking to himself. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But how many of you have ever just been in a place where you're just talking to yourself about stuff that's going on inside of you? Why, why is there turmoil inside? Why is your soul so downcast? And what, what's going on? And, and notice he tells him where to put his hope in. He says, put your hope in God. There was a, a guy by the name of Nicholas Copernicus. If y'all know anything about um, um, astronomy, our boys are doing astronomy and right now with schooling. And Nicholas Copernicus discovered, one of the things that he discovered, for a long time, they believed that the earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around the earth. The sun and, and all the planets and everything revolved around the earth. But the but Nicholas Copernicus uh, discovered that actually the earth was not the center. Do you know what it was? Anybody know? Take fifth grade, second grade math or something science? It's fifth grade. Uh, the sun. The sun was the center. The reason I say that is because my desire today is that we would have really a Copernicus revolution. That means that we're not the center and God revolves around us, but that God is the center and we revolve around him. He is the point of everything. Jesus didn't come to be an important planet in our solar system. He's the center of the solar system, and you don't come to God to make him a part of your life. You got to realize that you were created for him. And one of the biggest problems that we have with suffering is because we put ourselves in the middle. So we have a, a distorted view of suffering because we, we're all about us ourselves and what we're going through instead of realizing that Jesus is the center of our lives and that we revolve around him. And when we do that, our life changes. When, when he's the center, everything changes, even the way we view things changes. Psalms 40, uh, Psalms 4 Verse seven, I love this. I want you to notice what happens when we put our hope in God. Not when we put our hope in man or put our hope in something, but when we put our hope in someone, namely Jesus, I want you to see what happens. Psalms chapter four, this is David yet again. He says this, you have put, now he's not talking to himself, he's really talking to the Lord. And this is what he says, Lord, you have put joy in my heart. Notice who put the joy there, not himself. The Lord put it there. It says, you put joy in my heart that they have when their grain and wine abound. Now watch this. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, if, if we were to get really honest here, when we experience pain and we experience suffering, here's the deal. If you go read Psalms 4, back up one through six, he's going through a very, difficult time. I mean, it sounds like a real good verse, but you've got to back up and see what he's walking through. He's walking through a very difficult time, and he tells the Lord, even in the midst of all that's going on, you've put joy in my heart. There's peace in my heart, and not only is there peace in my heart, I can lay down and go to sleep. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when everything around you is at disarray, and there's a lot of unknowns, and there's stress, and there's pressure, the two things that leave quickly are joy and peace right? I have no joy and I have no peace. And the Bible says this, that when we put our hope in the Lord, he puts joy in our hearts and he, put peace, he puts peace in our lives. And here's why. Because the king has joy and the king has peace. And our hope is not rooted in circumstances, it's rooted in person, it's rooted in Jesus. It's rooted in the fact that his character doesn't change, that he is loving and wise and patient and strong. He's kind at all times. Notice what he says. I will lie down in, uh, in peace. I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O oh Lord. You make me dwell in what? In safety. See, because here's the deal. When your joy and your peace are rooted in God's character, you can go to bed how many of you have a hard time going to bed? How many you have a hard time going to bed when everything's crazy? I do. This verse is your lunesta. <laughs> Anybody know what lunesta is? This is your Benadryl right here, okay, for your children. None of y'all do that, do y'all? <laughs> we gave, we gave Benadryl to Judah one time and it made him more hyper, <laughs> It backfired on us like God was laughing at us. I should have read Psalms 4, 7 through 8. I was wrong one. Here's the great thing, though. But when our joy and our peace is rooted in Jesus, our hope is in Jesus, we can sleep. We can sleep because of the fact that we know that even when life is crashing down on us, God's got our back. And He's in control. See, the reason we can't sleep is because we think it's in our control. So we got to work it out. Got to figure it out. It's amazing what happens when you get put in a situation, though, when you can't do anything at all. That's debilitating, especially for a man who wants to do stuff. You know, Lindsay and I, after the race yesterday, I don't know if any of y'all could kind of notice it, Joel had a really rough day yesterday. Um, We had to go put him in the RV, which we're really thankful for at the race, and then we had to get oxygen on him. And then eventually we, we got him home, and he, he still had to get oxygen on him, and he's fighting it, and he doesn't want to. And, uh, and, and I mean, he was, he was hurting. And that hurts. It hurts. I mean, it's his day. I want him to enjoy it. But it was hard for him. And the days, you know, where he throws up or the days where, you know, we're calling Rebecca our nurse who's here and, and it's, just, it's just one of those days. It's one of those days. It's in those days where you have to, you're, you've got to have a theology that enables you to rest. And that theology is that our hope is anchored in Jesus. And that he's unmovable. And that he's unshakable that he's unchanging, and that my Bible says that he's working all things out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, which means that no matter if I can't see it in front of me, God's working on it already, that God's in my tomorrow when I'm not, and so I don't have to worry because he's already in it. He's in it, and we can trust him and put our hope in him, so first off, we've got to come to this place of understanding hope is not in something. And listen, and, and I say that knowing that we just did this huge race to go find a cure and, and, and to raise money for medicine and, and research because we still do all our part to do that. But I just want you to know our hope's not even in the cure. Our hope's in Jesus because he can cure right now. I don't have to wait for researchers and doctors to figure it out. He can do it whenever he wants to. But until he does, we still trust and hope in him. Amen? Number two, hope transforms us from the inside out. Hope transforms us from the inside out. Let me give you a different perspective when you go through something that's difficult. Ask this question. Could it be that the trial I'm experiencing is meant by God to produce a deeper worship in me than I had before? Could the trial that I am experiencing be meant by God to produce a deeper worship in me than I had before? We'll ask a couple of other questions in just a minute, but I want us to look in Romans chapter 5, and then we'll go back to the Psalms. But Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5 it says this. This is the Apostle Paul. Not only that, but we rejoice in what? Is that rare? Is that rare? How many people you know rejoice in their suffering? Not many. But this is the call that God has on us as Christians. That we respond to suffering differently than people who don't know Jesus. Jesus. We respond to suffering differently than people that don't know Jesus. When they complain and criticize about it, we rejoice in it. And this is why we rejoice in it. Watch this. Knowing. We know that suffering produces endurance and that endurance produces character. And what does character produce? Hope. Hope. Here it is again. And hope does not put us to shame. Because, here's why, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Remember, hope transforms us from the inside out. And I'm going I'm to tell you this, and you may not believe it unless you're in a season right now or just came out of a season that was dark, but worship is rarely sweeter and more heartfelt than the times of trials. Because God is often in the process of removing physical treasures that compete for the captivation of our own heart. And so worship is sweeter and deeper with the Lord because we know that in the midst of everything that's going on around us and the pressure that's, that's coming on us, that is doing something inside of us. And, and if we're really frankly honest, the pressures that Lindsay and I have had have, have brought up some stuff that we don't care to let the people know. Pastor Bubba knows, and Miss Tracy knows, and there's a couple of people that know, but there's fear that rises up, and there's worry that rises up, and, and there's anxiety that rises up, and when pressure comes and it squeezes on you, God is doing something on the inside of you because here's the deal. God is more concerned about your character than your comfort. He's more concerned about what he can do in you than what he can do through you. See, I always thought that God loved me because of what I was doing for him. And we get so quickly can, can misdrew that to think that God loves me because I'm doing all this stuff for him. The truth is God loves you because you're his son or his daughter, but he's more concerned about your character than he is your comfort, which is why he allows you to go through some stuff that are not comfortable. Because he's producing in you character. He's producing in you a steadfastness. Psalm 62, now this is our family's verse, but Psalm 62, if you have a purple bracelet, it's on there, but Psalm 62, five through eight, this is what it says. I want to read it to you. It says, it says, for God alone, God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence for, I I highlighted the mys because I wanted you to see it, and I'll I'll tell you why I did in a minute, but For my hope, look where it comes from. It comes from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory and my mighty rock and my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him for God is a refuge for us. David was running for a lot of his life from King Saul, who was trying to kill him, and then his own son was trying to kill him. And he, David went through some stuff. And notice that David's refuge is not a cave, even though he stayed in caves. David's refuge was not his army that he had built, even though he had built a big army. David's refuge was not in, refuge was not in his slingshot abilities, even though he was... Pretty good with the slingshot. David's refuge was in nothing but God. And I want you to hear me very closely on this. Sometimes God attacks our places of refuge to teach us that they're not permanent. You have refuges, refuge, that you take, that you go to when you're going through something. Maybe food's your refuge. Maybe alcohol is your refuge or drugs is a refuge. Maybe, maybe home is a refuge for you. Which there's, God creates a home for us to rest and relax. But even at the end of the day, the home is not our refuge. I mean, you look at the life of Job. God took everything. I mean, everything was wiped away. Home, family, I mean, everything. All of his prosperity, everything that he had. And, and the only thing in, he had was a refuge in God. God was his refuge. That's why you see refuge on this scripture multiple times. It's not just once. It's multiple times. And it ends with God as a refuge for us. The essence of hope is the ability to face the facts that are against you, but keep the faith of the God who is in you. And you're going to face some facts that are against you. And whether it's a diagnosis or whether it's, I don't know what it is, but you're going to face some stuff that's going to come against you. But I want you to be encouraged that if you hope in God, he is within you and he can get you through anything. Because he's in you and he's with you. And if you'll understand this. If you'll understand this, this will change the way you view suffering. Because you'll understand that God, that real true hope transforms us from the inside out. Hope doesn't come from the outside in. I don't find hope in something and then now I have hope. Hope comes from the inside and comes out. There's a total different thing. You know what I mean? If all things line up, then I got hope. No, all things might not line up, but you can still have hope because there's a God that's in you that's doing great things within you. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's a hope that's in us that is not from something external, not something that could go, so the divorce that you maybe went through taught you to depend on the Lord. Taught you to depend on the Lord as as a true husband to you. Maybe a death that happened in your family, guess what it did? It refocused your faith. Maybe you lost a job and you woke up to the reality that your life was all about materialism. God woke you up to that through the losing of a job, jail, child, death, debt, disease. All of these things are of the the fall. They're not of God. God doesn't cause these things, but God allows these things because he's he's after something on the inside of you. He's developing something on the inside of you because God desires for us to be men and women of God, and there's nothing in this world that can satisfy your soul like Jesus can. And the most loving thing that a Savior could do for us is take away the things that provide false hope God, take away the things in our lives that provide false hope. And if I put my hope in it, take it away so that way I can find my refuge and my hope in Jesus. Amen? I know it's not an amen type of thing. Take away the things that give false hope. No, I like those. Those feel really good, which they do. But God has ways of getting at our false hope so that he can be our true hope. Number three. Hope is strengthened when we pray to God and preach to ourselves. Hope is strengthened when we pray to God and preach to ourselves. Let's go to Psalms 42. Psalms 42, verse 5 through 6. It says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Here we're coming back to this verse. Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. Listen to me. No one in your life is more influential in your life than you are. No one is more influential in your life than you are. You know why? No one talks to you more than you. True? I talk to myself a lot, probably in a really weird way. Lindsay's like, who are you talking to? I don't know, nothing. Know. Sometimes it's me and the Lord just having a conversation. Sometimes it's me and me just having a conversation. You know what I mean? See, see people in the, in the car just like talking. Have you ever been in the car where people are talking, and then they turn over and they got the earbud? That's the weird thing. Or the people that have the earbud, and they're talking, and then you respond to them, and they're like, I'm not talking to you. You're like, oh. Okay, But what you say to yourself in the moments of sufferings will impact the way that you respond. And so you have the most influence in your life. And, and, um, you know, you and I have some really short-term memory. I've preached on this a number of times before, but we have a lot of short-term memory because of sin. We're all about immediate gratification and immediate pleasures for today. And when trouble comes knocking on our doors, we often get absorbed in the immediate, forgetting what God has delivered us from in the past and how he's transforming us into the future. We forget that because we're right here in the middle of what's going on right now. And so we don't, we don't see God's past faithfulness and then we don't see God's future faithfulness. We don't see any of that because we're right here. We're, we just see what's going on right in front of us. And I love the fact that David loved talking to himself all the time, but he also loved talking to the Lord. And I think David learned that from, from his ancestors. If you go track back and look in the Old Testament, every time God did something amazing, he would encourage the children of Israel to set something up. See, when, when God stopped the rushing waters of the Jordan River so that the nation of Israel could cross over to the dry land, you know what God tells Joshua to do? If you go look in uh, Joshua 4.20, it says that, that, that the Lord tells Joshua to set out 12 memorial stones. Why? Here's what the verse says, Joshua 4, 24. So that all of the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord was a mighty hand, Hope gets strengthened when we pray to the Lord, but then when we preach to ourselves. And I encourage you to jumpstart your prayer life by beginning to write down your own psalms. Psalms are simply just David crying out before the Lord, his heart before the Lord. Because here's the deal, what prayer does. When I pray to the Lord with what's going on in my life, it reminds me that I'm not in control and he is. So I pray to the Lord and go, God, this is what's going on. And I mean, we're just being honest with the Lord. It's not like you say something the Lord's like, really? Are you serious? I went to the kitchen to grab some something to eat and I came back and all this went down. Like that's not that's not what happens. God knows what's going on. And so, really, prayer for us is not only just petitioning before the Lord, which He tells us to, and and asking Him for help and doing all that, but it's posturing ourselves in a, a, a humble way to say, Lord, I need you. And then, in that, God's speaking to us and going, I got this. You know what I mean? So prayer is such a a vital part of that, of of letting the Lord know what's going on. But preaching to ourselves is also the part of that that we need to understand because one of the ways that we lose hope is when we lose truth. And when you lose truth, you lose hope. And so we preach to ourselves the truths of God's word. Any of y'all had to preach to yourself? You look in the mirror and you just take the word of God and you just start like telling yourself. Soul, listen, God's faithful because here's how the enemy works. The enemy comes in and he starts, what does he want you to doubt? Doubt the Lord, doubt God. And let me show you the quickest way to grow in encouragement in faith and in hope. You just start reminding yourself all that God's done. That's why it's so important for us to journal and write things down when God does things. Because you're gonna be in the middle of the moment and you're you're just, your tendency because of sin is just to be so focused in right now that you forget how faithful God's been to you. You know, Lindsay and I just even in the past couple of weeks have just had different trials that have come our way, whether it's financial or relational or just decision making and all these different things and we've just had to come back to the place of, God, you've been with us every step of the way. Why would you stop now? Why would you just like, I'm done, like, I, that's, I'm all out, you know? Like, I did all I could for you. Like, he wouldn't do that. And so we have to come back to the place of just going back. And it's amazing how your worship even gets sweeter when you just go and reflect what God's done. Man, you healed me here. And God, you provided this job for me when I didn't have a job. And God, you, you've done this in my marriage. And God, you you know what I mean? We're preaching to ourselves. And then also, I might tell you this, it's, it's been even one of the more difficult things Yet again, for me, is because of the fact of just allowing people in your life that can preach to you. Because sometimes you're just not strong enough to preach to yourself. You need other people to preach to you the truth of God's word, to preach the word of God over you, to speak life into your situation, to speak life into what you have going on. And if there's anything that we've got to do as men and women of God that love Jesus is we speak life over what's going on in whatever situation or circumstance we're facing. I love always calling my grandmother all the time, no matter if it's something as big as we have a surgery going on or I lost my wallet. (laughs) I know I'm calling Pete, and all that's going to get worked out. And for everybody that knows, I have found every wallet that I've lost. (laughs) Thank you for praying, grandmother. Praise for the big things and the small things. And... I say all that to say, though, having men like Pastor Bubba and and like Miss Tracy and having Zach and having different, even men here in the church that that know me well enough that when I'm walking through something can pull me aside and go, what's going on? I'm going, oh, it's all good. And they're like, "Mm mm-mm, I don't take that as an answer. What's really going on? And then to be able to share a little bit of that and then for them to speak into that, it takes humility to receive it, but then it also... And it's just a f- breath of fresh air. Because anytime you're internally keeping that stuff inside, how I many know that's what the enemy works with? But if it can come out, then he has nothing to play with. He has nothing to play with. And so we pray to God and we preach to ourselves. That's why worship is so powerful. Man, if I'm going through just a season, I'll get off, I'll lock myself in a room and just put on music and just worship the Lord because these words that we sing up here are truths that we're preaching to ourselves forever you are faithful forever you are glorified forever like sometimes I just got to keep saying it like repeat 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 just reminding myself reminding myself we got to preach to ourselves, God I don't choose fear I know that you're with me God I don't choose doubt because I know you're in control God I don't choose despair because I know that you're good God I don't choose death because I know you're full of life God I don't choose those things I speak those things over my family and over our, over our son and over every situation that we're going through. And you need to too. And last but not least, and we'll wrap all this up. Hope is to be humbly proclaimed to a hurting world. Hope is to be humbly proclaimed to a hurting world. Psalms chapter 18. I love what David says here. This is what he says. I love you. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. You see, I think one of the biggest things for David was everything that he did, he made it extremely personal. It wasn't that God is a rock and he is strength and he is a refuge and he is a strong tower and that he is a savior and that he is, he says he is mine. He's my God and my refuge and my hope. And all the cards on the table, many of you, you know what God is but he's not that to you. You know God's a refuge, but he's not your refuge. You know God's a strength, but he's not your strength because you're too strong. And you don't need him. He's not, he's not your fortress. He is a fortress, but he's not yours. He's not yours. Today that can change. Today we can, we can know without a shadow of a doubt before you leave that God is your refuge, and that he is your strength, and that he is your hope. And you're gonna see that, that the theology that we have in the Bible is deeply personal. David took courage today Because regardless of what trouble you face today, the Lord is my rock. He is my favor. He is my savior. He is my shield. He is my place of safety. And if we know anything about Jesus, Jesus was the suffering servant. Jesus came and went through everything that we will ever go through, betrayal and hurt and death and despair. Jesus went through that. Jesus, the gospel, if you were to sum it all down, is Jesus in my place. Jesus in my place. Jesus did what I couldn't do. Jesus is strong when I'm not. He's my fortress when I have no other place. Hope is Jesus. If you put your faith in Jesus, you will have hope. Hope hung on a cross in the public. Hope healed People. Hope met an adulterous sinner at a well. Hope rescued disciples from the fears of storms. Hope has risen, and hope sits at the Father's right hand with all authority all over the world. and hope is to be heralded to the rest of the world that is hurting and looking for hope. We have it. Amen. We have it. And for us to not talk about it, what a shame. And for us to not let people into the darkest moments of our lives, they can't see hope. Because remember, you don't need hope and all is well. You need hope and everything's not well. But that's when the gospel preaches the loudest. The gospel preaches the loudest when things are the darkest. The gospel preaches the loudest when you don't know what to do. And someone comes to you and goes, How can you have joy in the midst of this? Maybe they don't say joy. Maybe they say, why are you so happy? Or maybe they say, why is it, it's not a pom-pom like cheery happy. We cry tears. We hurt. We do all those things, but but there's a deep satisfaction and peace. Our son will undergo in the next two or three weeks a, a very risky procedure. We haven't told many people, Um, and it's very scary. But for Lindsay and I, God has been so faithful to us. He's provided everything that Joel needs, and he's the sustainer of life. And even as we fly to St. Louis and go and do this, we know that even God is there in that moment, and God's working all things out. And God is using doctors to help. And we're so grateful for doctors and nurses. But our hope's not there. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in him. And I want your hope to be in him. I want your hope to be in him. Because you're going to face some things that are beyond you. And remember, you're not the center of the world. Jesus is. And if you'll center your life around him, you will be unshaken. And you'll be able to stand and declare that I'm not good, but Jesus is. I don't know what to do, but Jesus does. I don't know where to go, but Jesus is leading me. So I'm just gonna follow on to him because the Bible says that he is an ever-present help in time of need. So I'm gonna hold on to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, I pray over each person right now. God, we speak life over each person. We thank you for the joy and the peace and the hope that we find in you. Holy Spirit, you're speaking, you're drawing, you're moving. There's a, there are those in here, as I talked, and God is not personal to you. Now, you're from the South, so you know everything about him. You know that he's a refuge, you know that he's strong, you know that he's good, you know that he's faithful, but he hasn't, you you haven't made that personal. He's not your refuge, he's not your place of hope, he's not that, and And today, that doesn't have to be that way. Jesus came in your place. Jesus died the death that we should have died, and he became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, that we could have new life, new joy, and new hope in Jesus. And that is offered to all that are in this room and all of this world, to all people. If we will respond humbly in repentance before the Lord, broken over our sin, But coming to the Lord going, God, I trust that what you did on that cross, that the hope that was shared there, that you were separated from your Father so that way we would never be separated. God, we thank you for that. And if there are those of you in this room right now, you've lost all hope. Even the hope of living, you've thought about even taking your own life because everything just feels hopeless. If that's you in this room, you don't have to leave that that way today and you would like to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Would you stand right where you are right now? Go ahead, stand up all across this room. You wanna make the Lord, the Lord of your life. You wanna stand before the Lord and declare to him that he is good. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you, awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Come on, we're not ashamed of the Lord. This is a place we can be open before him. God, I want you to be my refuge. Anybody else? Okay, I see you. Can we all stand together? Father, we love you. Would you lift your hands before the Lord? God, we we love you, we trust you. God, I pray right now, Lord, for those who stood today. God, would you be their personal Lord and Savior? God, Lord, we repent today of putting our refuges, our refuge in anything else but you. God, we we hope in you. We trust in you. God, your word says in Psalm 62, trust in the Lord, all people. Trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. We put our trust and our faith in you. You be the center of our lives. Lord, you be the sinner. We thank you for the death that you died. But God, we thank you that the death couldn't hold you down. God, that the Spirit of God rose you from the grave. God, and resurrection power is what you want to give to each person in here, God. As we die to ourselves, God, that the, the Spirit and the grace of the Lord would fill and flood hearts, making a stony and cold and hard heart new to you new and alive in you, God. We pray that over each person. God, I pray right now, if you've been walking through something that's been just difficult, would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray over you this morning. Okay, we got hands all over, just something difficult, maybe decision-making or physical body or just just things that are going on. Come on, hands all over this room. God, we love you. Lord, we love you, we love you, we love you. God, we pray right now, hope, 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 hope. Lord, true hope, true hope. God, hope in Jesus, hope in God, hope in God, hope in God. Lord, we pray that over every person in this room, God, Lord, that they would sense you more than ever before. They would hear your voice more than ever before. God, we pray, Lord, that that you you would pour your love on them in a way that is so overwhelming what they're going through. God, we know that when we're in the presence of Jesus, God, everything we're going through fades away. God, not that even our circumstances changes, but we change. You're changing us. You're changing us, giving us hope, transforming us from the inside out. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in Jesus today. I pray that over every person. In Jesus' name. And everyone said.